0: G'day, T-Bone. How are you, mate? G'day, Adzie. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. Uh, You want a beer? Ooh, yeah. What have you got there? Well, mate, I got a nice cold can of Cheeky Monkey Brewing Company's West Coast IPA, 6.5%. Where'd you get that, mate? Well, funnily enough, I was just up at the Cheeky Monkey Brewery Production Facility in Vass, in the industrial area up there, and, uh, mate, not only are they making bulk amounts of quality beers and canning them up, but you can sit down, order a little wood-fired pizza, and uh, get a frothy one out of the keg straight off the wood, mate.
1: Jeez, Adsy, that sounds like an endorsement deal to me.
0: Well, a matter of fact, it is, my good friend. Uh... I'm proud to announce that this next episode of Barreled Surf Podcast is brought to you by the good folk at Cheeky Monkey Beer. It's a quality local brewery here in the southwest, just like us, and it's pumping out some delicious frothy beers. Wow, Adsy, it sounds like you sold yourself out for a couple of beers, mate. Of course I bloody have T-bone, you should know me better than that by now. <laughs> but uh, not just any beer, mate. It's got to be a Cheeky Monkey.
2: Okay, welcome back to Barreled Surf Podcast. We are here in a very different environment today, T-Bone. My name is Namu and uh, T-Bone is with me to my right. Hello, mate. Stoked
1: to make the, the trip further south and we're out of the shed quarters, as you mentioned, so we're in a great
2: little setup at the moment. We are overlooking a delightful bay. I'm not going to name it because most people know where it, knows where it is and, and uh, the various delights in the ocean around here. Um, it is my absolute delight to, uh, speaking of delights, to welcome current Triple Crown Sunset Champion, WC2 Surfer, Bronte McCauley.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast.
2: Thanks so Start much. to for, have you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on board. We've um, had a little chat last year at the, at the uh, Murray River Classic, but we haven't had a, a chance to really sort of pick your brain about things. So, thanks for coming on board again. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, we're, we're in the bay here with, uh, so this is your family home?
3: Um, yeah, this is mum and dad's home and um, where I grew up. Um, I'm actually 27 and still living at home, so I'm a little bit old, but um, wrong with it's that. hard hard to leave Gracetown. It's just, um, we've got the most amazing view of the surf every morning and um it's just really hard to move out. I'm going to be like stepbrothers, 40, <laughs> living at home. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you've got um you've got your two sisters here, and also your brother as well, all living here.
3: Um, they've actually moved out to Quarmup. Um, I bought a house with my sister Ellie maybe two or three years ago. So um, yeah, they're actually living in that house in Parkwater and Quarmup and I'm still at home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess when you when you're travelling around it's a lot like you do, it's nice to you know, you do not really not going to spend that much time, are you? Um, so, talking about the bay and, uh, you know, formative experiences, who are some of your your sort of favourite surfers when you were
3: growing up? Yeah, growing up, I really loved um, Taj and also Rye Craig. Um I guess Rye was like a goofy, so I always loved that. Um, and then Taj, like whenever you would see him in the surf, he was always just really friendly and didn't really have an ego. Um, and then with the girls, I looked up to Mel a lot. I think she doesn't really get enough credit um you know when I was growing up she was like second in the world and almost won a world title which is pretty amazing incredible um, yeah and Claire Bevo too Yeah, she's awesome as well
2: yeah we've had um I don't know if you listen we had Claire on the podcast last year and she was she was amazing to have a chat with she's um yeah she's so motivated and driven and um yeah it was really interesting to speak with her uh, and it's interesting you say that about Mel too Mel Reb and Carr in case you're wondering listeners um yeah, I think she won, th- won three CTs in a row mm. at one point, didn't she?
3: Yeah, in one year she was really close to winning the world title. I think Lane Beachley ended up winning. Um, yeah, incredible. But she was number one for a long time in that year.
2: Fantastic. So um, as a youngster, did you spend much time around contests?
3: I actually didn't. Um, I wasn't really that interested in, to s- in surfing growing up and probably until I was about maybe 10 or 11. So I... Did a lot of like after school sports like netball and basketball and dancing and um, just enjoyed, you know, hanging out with my friends at school. Um, But I remember going on school excursions to the Margaret River Comp. Um, I think it was a QS, but would go there and I really loved that because it was like, um, you know, you just go down and get the autographs and there's all the food vans and you get ice cream and there's just (laughs) free stuff. So I always thought that was really fun Um, and I went to Quarant primary, so that was pretty awesome of the school just to um you know let us go down there and also like meet some of the surfers and everything
2: yeah wow did you get starstruck when you were down there
3: yeah i did i think i met lane beachley one time and um i got like a poster from her sign and i was pretty <laughs> excited
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome so yeah i mean that's the of passage around here for school kids is to get down to the mark river Con, and um so when did you when did you actually start surfing uh
3: i Probably started when I was about nine or ten. Um, we did a family trip around Australia and I guess we uh, had the caravan and a lot of the caravan parks are on the beach on the east coast. So we pretty much just got the bug there just surfing those, um, you know, soft, playful beach breaks on the east coast. Fun beaches, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And was it a, a thing that you sort of took to straight away and went, oh, I'm okay at this or was it just a matter of just enjoying yourself and having fun?
3: um well i was pretty hooked once i started um i started with uh ellie and laura my oldest sisters and um i don't know i feel like all the other sports just became a bit boring (laughs) compared to surfing (laughs) i got home from that trip and it's just all i really wanted to do
2: yeah okay so how long were you away for on on that trip Uh,
3: probably about eight months we um yeah we were originally just going to do western australia but then we just kept going because we were loving it so much
2: yeah awesome it's um yeah, such a fun thing to do, to check out the East Coast, like you say, those beaches are so good. Um, and was it sort of a progression from starting to go start to go into junior comps and that sort of thing? How did it sort of progress for you?
3: Yeah, well, the first event I did was um, the Greystown Grommets and that was run by the Margaret River Boardwriters, um, and I also started doing boardwriter events, um, and I think it was usually like a straight final between like me, Ellie, and Laura, so <laughs> there wasn't as many girls as there is now. Um but, like, I just really enjoyed it and um, I loved, like, getting prizes. Like, I remember I won the, I don't know, under-14s or under-12s in the Greystown Grommets and I got a watch and I just, like, couldn't believe I got oh, a God. watch. So oh, um, Yeah, that, I kind of started, yeah, with the board riders and then ended up doing, you know, state rounds and um, went over east for, like, Aussie titles and there was one or two grom comps we went to and, um, yeah, just kind of got hooked from there.
2: And were your sisters sort of in the same zone as far as you were for going Aussie titles and state rounds and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, well, actually, yeah, so Ellie and Laura, they're identical twins and they're two years older than me um, and they're really different. Um, Ellie's just not competitive at all and she just serves the fun and she'll go out for 10 minutes and um, not be phased about the waves and she likes riding her mail a lot. And then Laura's like pretty similar personality to me, like pretty driven and... um, yeah I guess like yeah we'd all push each other but Ellie was more so just you know having fun and enjoying it whereas Laura was probably more um you know pursuing it a lot more so we just kind of all went together which was nice because um I know like winter time here it's pretty hard to get motivated sometimes <laughs> so it's nice to have you know my sister to surf with
2: yeah okay um and Laura Laura is uh getting some media at the moment about surfing at the ride isn't she yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura cool.
3: is, and um, she actually just got invited to Cape Fear, oh, um, which is no pretty way. cool, yeah, so wow. there's uh, Laura, my sister, and Laura Enver and Lizzie Stockton, um, no way. so that's pretty exciting news.
2: <laughs> so what's the go with that? Is it a like a, a waiting period of a few months, or do you, do you know the form? Yeah,
3: I think the waiting period is sometime between March and September, and uh-huh. um, I guess there's mainly just Australians in it, so um, yeah, I just call you up and... Um, I guess you head over and yeah, I guess it depends on the size if you paddle it or if you get towed in. Um, actually I'm not really too sure about all the ins and outs, but, um, sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting to watch. Wow. <laughs>
2: You'd be happy about getting an invite, but also sort of going, oh shit. It's, uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> Is that down in Tes- Tasmania?
3: Yeah, in Tasmania. Yeah.
2: That was the one that, um, my cousin Gavin was filming with Binsey that time, I think. Um. So moving on from the from the junior competitions and the state rounds and that sort of thing, when did you sort of go, all right, I, I've, I think I've got a shot at this, um, I'm going to jump on the QS or was it just a gradual thing? How did that work for you?
3: Um, yeah, it was a bit of a gradual thing um, to be honest. Like I finished school at 17 and I was always like in the middle of the pack. Um, I never felt like I stood out that much so it was a bit of uncertainty whether um you know I could crack professional surfing or not so yeah finished school um and just started doing like junior events and QS's and also did a bit of work over summer to save up for them um and I actually also started a degree online um started studying to be a primary school teacher just oh, wow. part-time um and then when I was probably about 20 uh, I just started getting good results 2021 um I've just made a I won a pro junior and then um I randomly made a final in like a QS six star and just went, All right, let's just like give this a full crack and um see what happens.
2: Where where was that six star that you final? Yeah, in?
3: it was in Spain in Pantin. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Um, your dad would have surfed there in a few events too, huh?
3: I think he might have, yeah, because 'cause they've had that event on forever, last yeah. like thirty years or something. So, okay. um yeah, I'm sure he would have he would have been there back in the day.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um What what was your sort of first year on the first full year on the QS? Was it that year or a year after? Or Uh,
3: I think the first full year in the QS, I was probably twenty one, and I missed out by one spot. But I was I was pretty close, so I was happy with. um, I mean, I would have loved to qualify, so I was disappointed. (laughs) But it was, I felt like that was a good run considering it was my first year, just doing all the events.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You made a couple of finals in that year, and obviously. Won a, won a couple, did you?
3: Ah, uh, the next year I won one, won a six six thousand, but the that year I think I made like quarters and maybe a semi, or yeah, mm. just had a mixture of results, but but was pretty consistent.
2: Yeah, nice. Um, and you went were, you went on the QS for too long, but obviously you've done it since as part of your sort of season. What what's it? What's the experience like? Um, on the QS, is it sort of really cutthroat, or is it friendly? Is it
3: um the QS I guess there's just so many girls um trying to get on the tour so it is a bit cutthroat. um and I guess you don't know a lot of people whereas a tour it's just such a small group and you know everyone pretty well whereas the QS it's a bit um bit dog eat dog in a way um but like I've made some good friends and I can travel with and um I like the format of the QS in terms of like you surf the event and then you leave whereas I feel like The tour events, you have a lot of lay days and you're hanging around a lot and, um, you know, the comp's called on, it's called off. You don't really know, whereas the QS, you're like, yep, I'm going to run this day, this day, this day and it's going to finish and um, it's quite simple in a way.
2: I guess it's easier to book your flights and that sort of (laughs) thing because people that don't, um, people like us that are not not on tour, I couldn't really imagine all the ins and outs and the, you know, the plan that must go into it must be pretty mental.
3: Yeah, like even on the tour, um, you book accommodation for the whole time and um generally the the comp you know, you don't really know, it can finish in the first four or five days and then you've got accommodation and flights booked for two weeks and then um I know like for me I've like paid I think coming back from Europe two years ago, I paid like two thousand dollars to change my flights because I didn't want to stay for (laughs) another ten days and then you also you paid the accommodation so you're losing more money there. So um yeah, it's it's a tricky one because sometimes you've been away for so long and you're like just so ready to ready to leave, but then it's costly. So yeah,
2: I want to get home, um, Tom? Were you?
1: I was just going to say before you mentioned you were um, uh, started some part time study. Uh, I think that's really smart because um you hear uh, you hear and see a lot of um, surfers well life after pro surfing, um, and there's nothing wrong with what people get into. I you know Jay Davis is out on a tugboat and. I mean, Pauline Mensah, and she's driving a bus, which is nothing wrong with that. So I guess that's quite mature to think that far now to think about life past surfing. What sort of did, uh, is that your own sort of doings or just thinking ahead?
3: Yeah. Um, I guess like my mum and dad definitely value like education and, um, uh, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have started with a degree because I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it or not. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to be a teacher. I, I don't know. But um, I think it's more just like you have so much time. Um, yeah. Like even at events, um, it's kind of good to keep your mind busy and um, educated, I guess. Um, so yeah, even now, like I, I'm not sure what I want to do after surfing, but it would be nice just to um, just have that, you know, have something to do really yeah
1: no that's great I think education is the most important thing and you know I've been studying for eight years and still not finished. Um, so but yeah no I did a winemaking degree for five years and still didn't finish it <laughs> um just before we started recording um we we're talking about that new movie girls can't surf and I feel it doesn't seem right saying girls can't surf because girls can surf um have you seen the movie yet
3: no, I haven't. I was actually just looking it up um, yesterday when it's coming, to, you know, down south and I think it's coming to the Cinema and Margaret The Heart, on the 24th. So hopefully I'll go then because I'm really looking forward to it. Oh,
1: cool, cool. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it either but I have sort of seen and heard a lot of interviews with Pam Burrage and Pauline Mensah and uh, I must admit I was blown away on how – Uh, female professional surfers were treated in the 80s and their experiences and I guess uh, trying to sort of um, mix it up in a in such a male dominated sport Um, tell you what life was tough you know Pauline 93 world champ didn't win any prize money I mean can you? I mean from what's happened now until like 20 years later I mean a lot has changed in the sport have you sort of found sort of uh, the equality side of things in surfing and um, since you've been a professional surfer?
3: Um, yeah, I guess I was pretty lucky with the timing. Um, like, yeah, back in the day, it was obviously so rough. Um, yeah, even some of those, just watching that trailer from that movie, I was like, wow, how they, they had an event in Huntington and they kicked out the girls for the bikini contest. So <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't think I would, um, if I was in that era, I yeah obviously won't be able to make a living out of professional surfing yeah. and um even pauline how she was like fundraising having like raffles and um doing things like that just to get money just to go on tour and you know she won the world title and yet she's not even supported um so yeah pretty lucky with the timing and they've obviously paved the road for us to make it so much easier yeah. like even with equal pay like that's pretty incredible um for guys and girls on tour and even on the qs2 it's equal now so um oh that's great yeah
1: so the equal pay came in last year
3: Mm, so was that
1: driven by the the the, uh last the past um ceo was it sophie goldsmith was she sort of the the driver behind that or was there people within the surfing um uh, community that that sort of you know helped push that sort of equal pay for women yeah
3: i think it was a combination of people um but sophie yeah she was a female and she was a ceo so she definitely had an influence in that um and then i think there was a photo of a pro junior and it was um in south africa and there was a guy and a girl on stage and i think the they had checks and they were half maybe yeah, saw that so photo. that i think that caused a bit of uproar and that maybe had an influence on on the whole changing the prize money
1: yeah um, you know, just just now, you know, I know Pauline in an in, interview mentioned that when you when men and women were at a beach for a contest, they'd always put the men out in the best conditions and put the the girls out in the onshore slop. I mean, what's your experience since you've been on tour? Do you think it's better now, or do you think the men still get the the preference of of when the conditions are better?
3: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Maybe there still is a little bit of the men getting the better waves. Um, but I don't know if it's like intentional or not. I'm not sure. It's, yeah. I mean, hopefully it's. You think it would be equal, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, <laughs> it's very
2: very diplomatic. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say right now that it's not. <laughs> Men get the better better conditions. Just about every single comp. The only one that I can think of is um that one at what was absolutely pumping. Were you, well, it was pumping the whole event, isn't it?
3: Um, what year was that? So the that the one where
2: Steph got that ten, oh, where yes. she got the tube and then the big yep. bash.
3: Yeah, I was there that year, and um, yeah, it's kind of funny because sometimes um, they like think the forecast is getting worse, so they won't put us out, and then it actually it's better or there's some weird I don't know <laughs> some yeah, it's kind of funny like that.
1: So, just in, in uh, I guess female surfing in general. I mean, have you been following the junior progression at the moment? You, you see some of the aerial maneuvers uh, like some of the juniors are doing, like Sierra Kerr and oh, the names past me now. But you know, having access to a pool, Sky Brown, is maybe she one? Sky wondering? Brown, no, um, ah, uh, Betty it, Lou It'll come to me. Um, what's your thoughts on aerial surfing? The progression of the young girls. It's pretty crazy. Isn't
3: it? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, also, Molly Picklum. I don't know if you've seen her. Ah, yes. she's, I think she's a real standout. Um, and then I guess the waifu thing, it's a bit of a tricky one because it's so good for your surfing, but only like a selected number of surfers can go there. You know, usually like the wealthier ones <laughs> or they have the <laughs> connection. So, I <laughs> bit like, well, it's not really that fair for some of the, like, the Australians that are just like going to school and um, living a regular life, whereas I feel like... Some of the American surfers are homeschooled and their parents are quite wealthy and um, they have a lot of time at the pool, so it is such an advantage. Um, But at the same time, someone like Molly, she's just, I think she might have graduated a year or two ago and I feel like she's just doing things in a really nice way. Um, And I think she might have gone to Waco once, uh, but it's not like she's gone there, you know, dozens of times or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess just from, you know, watching over the years, the, the level of surfing just seems to be going up and up. Um, just with the current um, uh, women on tour now, do you think that's its best it's been ever? Like, when you look at who's on tour now, with all the names and the talent?
3: Yeah, I do. I think um, everyone on, on tour, like, can potentially win an event. Um, and I guess when you look at the QS, I'm like, I think the best surfers are on the tour right now. Um and then even from a few years ago, like Steph was so dominant winning world titles, but now it's like Tyler and Carissa and Lakey and Carol there's so many other girls that can win world titles. So I think the level is at its highest right now.
1: Yeah. Just with those names you mentioned, um, who do you who do you enjoy most beating or, or who do you, who do you have the best battles with since um, over the over the last couple of years?
3: Um battle. Who don't you like? Who don't I like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like surfing against Chrissa, um, just because you know she's just obviously one of the best and um really hard to beat, and I feel like you just you pretty much got to surf your best. Um, and also I don't know who who I've had the best battles with, um, but yeah, I do enjoy surfing against you know the likes of Steph and Chrissa and um lakey because you know you have to actually do your best surfing to have a chance yeah
2: do you feel like you um belong at the ct level um yeah yeah i do yeah yeah great that's good to hear well we we think you do do. (laughs) (laughs) um and what what so tell me who your sponsors are it's creatures of leisure they're one aren't they roxy Mm is that right
3: yeah roxy's my main sponsor um i've got darren hanley surfboard so dhd creatures of leisure the surfboard room which is just a surf shop in perth um and I've got a scholarship with the Western Australian Institute of Sport, which nice. has been really awesome um, because um, they have like a sports psychologist and a trainer and things like that. I don't go up to Perth, but I just um, talk to them like from down here and that's just really nice to have that.
2: Yeah. And so, so being um, on the Roxy team, you, do you find that you just become sort of good friends naturally with your teammates?
3: Yeah, like a lot of events, you stay together or they, they book a house. Um, so we pretty close with Steph, um, Caroline and um, Bianca. She's not on tour anymore, but the first few years when I was on, she was on. So um, yeah, you do come naturally close and being pretty lucky with, um, I guess, that team because everyone's pretty cruisy and down to earth and easy to get along with.
2: Yeah. What's what's Bianca? It's boot and tug, isn't it? Yeah. What's she up to these days?
3: Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think she was studying, um, and she's living in South Africa and, um, yeah, I think her mum might have like a, um, kind of like an Airbnb business, so she might be helping her mum with that.
2: Mm, Yeah, because she was smashing it, wasn't she? And then she sort of fell off and, um, disappeared. Mm. Sorry, mate.
1: Um, yeah, if we rewind the clock back to Hawaii, obviously the seasons that starting in Hawaii, not finishing in Hawaii, how were you feeling going across to Hawaii? Was it a bit weird going that? You're thinking this is the start of the season, not the end. Were you feeling pretty good going over there?
3: Um, I was feeling pretty good, like within like my surfing and everything. But I was I was just anxious about how it would all go because <laughs> yep. I just I just didn't see how it was going to work. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a mission to get over that. Like, just had-
1: with COVID, you mean? Like- um, that, yeah, I was just
3: like with COVID, pretty yeah. much like how how could they run and um, I guess the state of like America and I didn't really know what the COVID situation was in Hawaii. I knew it was it wasn't obviously as good as Australia, but not as bad as the mainland. Yeah. Um, so I guess there was a lot of unknowns what was going to happen, and um, even logistically it was quite hard. Like you had to um, get exemptions to get out of Australia, and I was a bit scared that we couldn't get back into Australia. And um, yeah, just like little things like that. Um, but yeah, I felt good like going over there, um, in terms of like surfing and everything.
1: So were you still in Maui? Um, did you, did you stay in Maui until they, uh, when that shark attack actually happened? That's when they can't, they canceled the event, right?
3: Yeah, Yeah. 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 I stayed in Maui for another few days after that. Yeah.
1: Do you sort of uh, have, like, some support crew that you normally go hang out with in Maui or are you just mainly with Dad or...?
3: Um, yeah, say with Dad but uh, hang a lot with a few of the girls, um, like, played a bit of tennis with Joanna Fay and Keely Andrews and Lakey in Maui, so I hanged out with them quite a bit and, um, yeah, Keely was staying in the same, like, accommodation as us, so... Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can't think of when they cancelled Sunset, so... When you're when you're leaving Maui, going to the North Shore, obviously the Sunset Open was still.
2: I can't remember if it was canned yet or was it's still, still on. Run, still but on, but the Pipe event was was not yet finished because. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the Maui event was going to Pipe. So I just want to ask you about Sunset. Obviously,
1: Vance Triple Crown Sunset. Congratulations, camping, <laughs> by the <laughs> way, digital champ. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so tell me about surfing Sunset. What's it like getting waves out there?
3: Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed Sunset. Um, also, just riding the longer boards, so like. The biggest sport I usually ride around here is probably like six foot, and that's when it's maxing. Um, so yeah, I got like some DHDs made in Hawaii. Um, so I had like a six five, a six three, and a six two. So um, it was quite cool. I mean, it was it's um, a tricky, such a challenging wave. Like yeah. the takeoff zone so big, but in that same, in that sense, you could get a bit of space, which was nice. I felt like um, Pipe and Haliva were. Um, Definitely harder to get waves and sunset because, um, yeah, a lot of the times I would just sit a bit further in. Sometimes you cop sets, but I would actually probably get, you know, quite a few waves. Um, and it is a tricky wave; like um, oh, it's just so hard to time it right, and obviously so hard to try to hit the lip. <laughs> I just like, yeah, you just kind of got to make do with what what yeah. you have.
2: Can you take Can you take us through the um, one of the winning waves that you that you got? Just a bit of like give the viewers at home a bit of experience of it
3: yeah well um was dad got dad was filming and i got my two waves that morning and um i think one wave was like a frothy one and um i took off from a bit deeper and then just i did like a carve or a snap and then kind of did like a i don't know what it was just a a reo but the lip was kind of coming down and then i it's a bit awkward like i kind of fell backwards and somehow <laughs> <laughs> climbed through the whitewash and then the other one i just did um yeah a, a back and reo and then i did like a lip line floater um which i felt like i felt like that was going to score good because it's really hard to do like a close out any any time you like go into lip at sunset it feels like really difficult yeah um, it looks good <laughs> too
2: when you know even back when you know, the 80s sort of surfers were surfing out there. They'd seem to struggle to hit the lip and, you know, or the Elkos and Frida Zambers and that sort of, um,
1: yeah. So tell us about Pipe. I know it's bloody hard to get away about there, but you did get out there and got a couple of scores towards the Digital Crown. How was that experience?
3: Oh, Pipe was, um, was a nightmare. <laughs> There's no <laughs> other way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just the most intense crowd you've ever seen in your life. Um, and... It was a bit of a bummer because the Triple Crown um, finished, I think, on the 15th or 16th that we all had to leave earlier because they were half the amount of international arrivals back into Australia. So I actually did like how leave. I got my two waves and I did sunset my two ways and I was going to do pipe last mm-hmm. but um, kind of ran out of bit of time. Oh, but also, I don't know if I would have got a wave anyway because it's just, yeah, it's like nothing I've ever really experienced before. Um, such an incredible wave. Like I feel like it was um pumping for three or four days straight um and it was cool just to be out there and to watch i guess all like the pipe um specialists uh getting big pits but yeah. um yeah
1: you must sort of did you sort of think obviously with your with your experience you know in the northwest here do you think you sort of yeah i could take off some of these pipe bombs and get pitted do you sort of have that within you thinking that you could do it if you could get the waves?
3: yeah i did think that like yeah. i was if i had opportunity i was gonna take it and go for sure um and it is such an advantage i think coming from western australia like you know two me's and waves like that are just so scary that you go to pipe and you're like um you know this is doable um even though it is obviously such a hectic wave i i felt like i could on the left not on the right really but on the left i could um yeah definitely get a good one if i got the opportunity
2: what is it like in the in the lineup at pipeline um you know, you talk about all the specialists out there. Is it, is everyone just like whistling at each other and yelling? And is it just chaos or is it sort of controlled?
3: Uh, it's definitely a bit chaotic, I guess, because, uh, you know, there's backdoor and pipes. So people are going left and right and that gets a bit hectic. Um, and there is like, I didn't, there wasn't like any arguments or anything when I was out there. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just a bit chaotic, chaotic in terms of like, Sometimes you don't know if someone's going to backdoor a pipe and um, a few times like I like tried to yell out like which way and no one, you know, it's just, I don't know, yeah. it's, it is it is mayhem but it's not like, I didn't really think, it was pretty much what I expected. Like I, I there wasn't like any big heavy locals that like, I don't know, were yelling or anything like that. It was all, <laughs> it was all um, pretty civil but just a lot of people hungry to get waves. <laughs> yeah.
1: Obviously, the, um, the the women um, ended up at pipe. What do you think as a permanent location, like for the women competing at pipe, and just yeah, not going to Maui anymore? What's your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think it's like the direction that the sport's going, and um, I think if they have an event at pipe, gives everyone an incentive to improve in tube riding. Like um, I know for me, like I've got quite a lot to improve on, but I think having that event, um, yeah, motivates people.
1: It'd be super
2: exciting, I think, you know, um, for the women to go to Piper, and it'd be absolutely awesome. See you out there ruling. Well, I mean, there's guys on the the men's CT that still need pipe experience, isn't there? So it's, you know, can't be an easy wave to ride at any sort of. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, I wouldn't have thought.
1: Not at all. Um, I guess the the Australian leg um, obviously um, got announced a while back now. What was your initial thoughts when they sort of rattled off the four locations?
3: Yeah, I was pretty excited just the two in Western Australia. I was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" Um, and yeah, Rotness is definitely one that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of. Um, so it took me by surprise. So <laughs> there was no hints. That there was no, going? there was no hints. Wow. I think we found out the day before everyone else did. So um, yeah, Rotness, Rotness would be cool. I've never actually surfed Stricos, but I've heard it's fun. Um, and then Newcastle and Narabeen. I think they make sense, um, especially Newcastle. It's such a surfing town, and um, that Surf Fest is always like quite a popular event. amongst everyone.
2: Hmm. So you're you're a former winner there, aren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've actually had like my better results. Like I think I won my only one and only pro junior at Newcastle, and then yeah, the QS last year.
2: So is it? it's just it's a beach break, isn't it?
3: Well, there's like it's merry and there's like a off the road off the rocks, kind of like right um, point kind of thing um and it gets really good actually like i've seen photos of it on its day and it looks a bit like jay bay or something yeah. it's wow. pretty awesome and then there's um yeah just the beaches is like dixon park just down from that so it kind of depends on um you know all this, the swell and everything um where you surf the beachy or the point or off the rocks
1: so you must be feeling pretty good about going to newcastle what about north narrow bay have you done much time there
3: I've actually never surfed North Maribyrne, but I've heard good things um, about the left's really fun and then alley rights. So, uh, I think it's one of the, I've heard it's kind of like the best wave in Sydney. So, yeah,
2: wow. So, it's, um, yeah, it looks fun. I remember, you know, there's old pictures of Tommy Carroll out there and it's, yeah, can look like a sort of small pipe at times. It can get really good. Um,
1: as you know, the, the men's and women's championship tour surfers are in quarantine right now, and I know yourself and Dave were in quarantine. Uh, have you been in touch with any of the girls or, or guys to give them any tips on how to get through quarantine?
3: Um, I spoke to Lakey before she went into quarantine, um, but I think they're all doing pretty well. <laughs> their rooms are a lot better than ours. They've got like apartments and kitchens and stuff, and we just had a basic hotel room, so I think they're all doing all right.
1: Have they got tennis rackets and bathrobes at all? <laughs>
3: I'm not sure. I think I saw Tatiana with a tennis racket, um, but yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, just um, you know, speaking about uh, before, well, about dad and, and your relationship, with dad, and obviously he's your coach. Um, love to know if you guys have any heated um, arguments after a heat, or dad just how's your how's the coaching relationship with dad, and uh, how's it been over, over the years? You know, uh,
3: the relationship. I mean, we we get along really well, like even the two-week quarantine, we didn't really have one big blow-up, which was so surprising. So, you in the same room, yeah? Yeah, in the same right. room, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was little things, like one time he's like, oh, you're just chewing so loud. I was <laughs> eating popcorn and then another time um, we were playing like this scrabble game and I was like, you're just breathing like so close to my face and we have like little things but um, in terms of like the coaching relationship, um, it's it's good, like I'm so obviously so grateful um and then the, i guess for him it's tricky because he's like my dad and a coach so it's a whole like um you know sometimes i'm like you're not critical enough but then if he says something critical i'm like <laughs> wait you're yeah, <I'm> like, my dad <laughs> it's like a bit of that like yeah. you know you just want um unconditional uh i guess like support and yeah. love from your parents which is what dad you know that's what he. That's kind of like his main role, I guess. Um, but yep. yeah, I think sometimes It's it's a bit of a. It's not black and white.
1: Yeah, um, d- does uh, Dad actually film your heats, and you sort of go study your heats afterwards? What's the normal sort of uh, heat by heat sort of?
3: Yeah, well, usually it's pretty good with the with the tour because you have like the heat replay. So True. a lot yep. of the time we'll just go back over the heat and go through what went wrong or right, and um, yeah, just learn from that experience.
2: Is he sort of? um more the strategy sort of side of things or is it you know biomechanics of your surfing or how how does he sort of operate
3: um i guess when we're home uh it's you know we do a bit of film technique work and he does a bit of filming and we kind of go through the footage and then when we're at events um it's more the strategic part especially for him i guess when he was on tour he was um kind of I think his nickname was like the Terminator (laughs) he's so so consistent and so strategic and sometimes I feel like you know I've got so much to improve on as like a competitor so um and I'm not as like um maybe I'm like a bit more emotional where he's quite like logical and black and white so um yeah at events we just kind of yeah go through you know just um little things that little not mistakes but just decisions that you know didn't really work and yeah, you can get better from the next one
2: yeah yeah would there do you ever sort of see a situation where um, you'd go with another coach just to sort of have a look you know like people do with with boards and so forth to use different shapers and then they might go to a different coach sit in tennis and that sort of thing would that something you could sort of foresee
3: um yeah and also with dad like if it's a lot of time for him away from home so if he doesn't want to go to an event I'll be happy to work with someone else and then I think for the margs and Rotness comp i'm going to help get a bit of help from um stomper mike mcauliffe um and kind of have dad there as well but um yeah obviously dad knows the waves well and so does stomper so it's um it'd be cool to to kind of use both of them and have dad even have dad step back a little bit and just see how if you know if the results different or how it works
2: yeah that's interesting and um just at rotto they're going to make you ride from thompson's
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think we're getting buses but i want to bring a bike over or rent a bike or whatever so yeah right now i don't really know how they're gonna do it all but i guess we'll wait and see have, have,
2: have yet yeah, you say even surf street guys have you ridden over there uh
3: i haven't uh last time i was there was oh, i was probably about 10 or 11 mm. and um yeah we rode around on bikes and everything not but, um,
2: absolutely not man is it <laughs> Especially when it's warm.
1: <laughs> um. So what's the what's the average day for you, Bronte? Do you focus a lot on fitness when you're not surfing, or you just surf? What do you normally get up to since um, you've been back from Hawaii?
3: Yeah. Average day, I usually wake up uh, around six six thirty. Um. Yeah. Look at the waves. I usually like stretching in the morning, so stretch. Um. And then yes, yeah, surf. Hopefully. Um. Last few days it's been pretty nice. Dad's been doing some filming because he's had a sore back and he had this cancer thing in his oh. ear, so he had to get his half bit of his ear chopped off so, oh, so all lovely. yeah so he's in he's uh yeah a yeah, bit of a trooper at the moment but he's been filming a lot and we've been doing some practice heats which has been good yep. um but generally yeah like i i do uh probably like three workouts a week usually three to four um and then try to get filmed a couple of times too
1: is there anything in your technique that you're working on or any anything part of your game that you think you need to work on more than other other parts or
3: yeah there is um i guess it depends on the conditions but um i'm trying to improve backside tube riding um the last couple weeks um getting ready for the box (laughs) i don't know about the (laughs) box maybe one day but yeah i guess it's just an area that i just want to get better at um and then we have like specific things when it's just like for turns and everything um so, yeah, I guess like when dad's filming, just try to have one or two things to work on and then you can watch the footage and see how it goes.
1: Epic. So, I'm not sure we asked you before or even before we started recording, when are you heading off to Newcastle?
3: Uh, I, th- I have my That's flight, the first yeah. first event, isn't it?
1: Newcastle, or North Narrow? Yeah, Newcastle yeah.
3: starts on the 1st of April. I probably go around the 24th, 25th, so give myself a couple of days for the event.
1: Do you have any um, people that you normally hang out with when you go to Newcastle?
3: Yeah, I've actually got uh, a lot of friends in that area, like especially in the Port Stephens area, which is forty minutes from Newcastle. Um, I don't know if you guys know Simon Law. Sure do. Yeah, yeah the law, the law, the law. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a legend, but uh, yeah, I'm really close with his daughters. We're all like really good friends, so I usually go hang with them. And um, usually, if I go over east, I usually go there first and just surf over there and hang out.
2: Epic, epic. I think um, Dave was talking about how what a legend Simon Law was when we spoke to him as well.
1: It was yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. That's, I remember mean, <laughs> um, duck diving like a 15 foot whitewash at Marguerite's that time during the comp. Oh, yeah, that? classic.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I just saw a, uh, a, a something on WSL, Caroline Marks. Luckily, um, yeah, she's she's got the green light. I think she's in Australia now. I think uh, that must, oh, must she's have come, been. yeah, she's coming. I, I think she's in, wow. in Oz now. She's quarantining. That must have been uh, oh, pretty heartbreaking for her when uh, she got refused to board the plane.
3: Yeah, definitely. That would be very stressful. Um, but I always thought she would be sweet because um, I guess she will just get tested every day and then as soon as she, was, she had the clear, she'd come over. But, yeah, it would have been like a bit of a spanner in the works.
1: <laughs> so I, I guess this year, have you got any – I know it's hard to sort of with the year how it's been in last year – What's your sort of goals this year? Have you got any? Do you want to be in that top five going into trestles? And
3: yeah, I guess my goal at the beginning was um, to make the finals. Um, and, yeah, it's probably still my goal even I've already got a throwaway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the goal. And just uh, I just basically want to surf better in heats and um, think less and just rub more waves and give myself opportunities. Um, so that's kind of the main goal. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard to know what's going to happen after the Australian League, so I'm just going to take it as it comes.
1: What is after the Australian League? Is it Brazil?
3: Uh, I'm not really sure yeah. what they're going to have. They haven't, they haven't told us yet.
1: But I know Tahiti is back. What's your what were your thoughts on uh, Tahiti? Have you been before?
3: I've never been, no, but uh, always wanted to go and um, to have that on the schedules. Awesome! So so glad they put that on.
1: That'd have be been awesome. Turn me to that away, So that'd be absolutely epic to go to
2: um, Tahiti. Um, you must just, oh, sorry, you must to, sort of um, light your chances though in in a big the left like that.
3: Yeah, like I I think I'll definitely give it a good crack and. Um, I just like out something different <laughs> to like, feel like we've got a lot of rights and um yeah, how a barreling left would be be really cool, especially in a heat with like one other person that'd be insane.
2: Oh how good! Um, just speaking of big barreling lefts, did they tell you that JLAM was cut off of the tour?
3: They haven't told us, but I don't think it would happen. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it sort of disappeared from the schedule yeah, it's a been, little. It's, it's been
1: pulled from the schedule. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So no communication from the Wazzle, Wow. <laughs> which is a bit of
1: a which is a bit of a bummer. Um, just on the the whole new format with the finals and and how they've sort of broken it up into local series and challenger series, you know, to get onto the CT. What's your sort of thoughts on the WSL finals format? So, if I can remember rightly, the top five surfers, five surfers, fifth surfs surf against fourth place, fourth against three, then two against one. What's your thoughts on that format? If you're familiar, probably. More familiar with it than me, but um, it's uh, it it seems to be um, whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage for number one because they obviously don't get to surf as much as someone else in fifth place throughout the the finals. Any thoughts on that new format? What they've sort of come up with this year?
3: Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about it to be honest. Like, I think I preferred it the way it, the way it is now because uh, I guess like everyone, I feel like. What if you're winning all year by a lot and then it comes down to one day and um i also like prefer like them finishing at than trestles mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know i guess like what you said like it probably isn't you'd probably rather be in second than in first before the event because then at least you get one heat and then you have the three if you win that heat um i think it would be entertaining to watch and i guess they're trying something new um but, yeah, I'm not, like, convinced on the idea. Uh, I think it's – I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to wait and see and when I watch it, but I'm not not sure if I'm, I love the concept.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. We, we sort of absolutely bagged it when it first came to light that that's what they were going to do. Uh, like you say, someone can win the whole year and then lose at the end. But, um, yeah, um, just on saying about tresses, what, what would be sort of four – Let's not make it too hard. Four four um waves you'd love to see on the tour
3: on the on the C T. Four waves. That aren't already on there. Um I feel like somewhere in the mentalities would be awesome. Um what's that left? Um, macaronis. macaronis. Yeah. <laughs> I never been to the mentalities but I felt like that would just be like really good high performance surfing. Um so I'll have that as number one. Oh geez, number two.
1: Be all left hand barrels, would <laughs> you? <laughs>
3: um, they could have a few of them in the Mentawis. Um, even just, Indo just have the like, whole tour there. Yeah, they all looks good. Hey, um, yeah, I'm not really. I can't really think anyway specifically. Um. I don't want to, like, say a spot and then the locals hate me from that spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't want to Good say call. anywhere in WA. So, yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Nobody actually <laughs> listens
2: to Barrel Surf Podcast. Um, just just on that, it's Namu here with T-Bone. We are talking to Bronte McCauley. Thanks again so much for joining us, uh, T-Bone. Um,
1: I was going to um, ask you about um, uh, local surfers. We had uh, Claire Bevo. Well, we've had a lot of, actually, West Australian legends, and we've got another one on, and um, and I know a lot of the surfers that we've had on, uh, you know, rated you as one of you know one of the favourites. Can you give me some of your, I guess, your top three all-time West Australian female surfers that you sort of looked up to? You know, current and past.
3: Well, I think Jodie Cooper's going to be on that list because, um, yeah, she got second in the world, and um, like, yeah, she's in that movie, and I think she's just definitely experienced some hardship in her life and um whenever i see her she's just so genuine and um just a really good person um so yeah definitely have coops on there um and then yeah like mel Rebin, like i said before um just really has no ego and has achieved a lot but i feel like she doesn't get the credit for it no i Um, agree agree and Number three, I'll probably just chuck Beville in it. <laughs> Why not? Beville's Beville a legend. <laughs>
2: she's prolific on the old grams, isn't she? She's posting clips most days. She seems to be yep. stretching her head off. I think she must be pretty excited that the
1: Olympics, I believe it's still on and she's heading over to represent Italy. So that's exciting. Um, what about uh, going to the men's? Who's been some of your most inspirational sort of um, male surfers in the region that you sort of looked up to?
3: Uh, I guess like last year I was really blown away with um Jacob Wilcox's oh, surfing. Amazing. I think yep. everyone is yeah. <laughs> if you went if you watched his clip or you went up north, um, you can just see how talented he is and um, I just feel like he's got such a bright future in the sport. Like he's pretty much good at everything. And then I think his chew brownie is second to none really. Um, so I definitely like love watching his heats and um, definitely support him a lot and um excited to see um you know when he gets on tour um he's obviously gonna have such a such a um not an advantage but I just feel like he could you know he could win events for sure um and then Jack Robbo obviously he's I don't know everyone knows Jack Robbo he's so exciting and um yeah one of the best writers in the world and um yeah I don't know I just excited to watch him like everyone else in his rookie year and I'm gonna have to Go. I feel like I'm just doing all young people, but I go with Taj too. Yeah, okay, um, he's not young. He's Sorry, not Taj. that young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I'm. I'm not really like picking any like old legends, but um, yeah, Taj. It's it's just like he's so excited to surf. Like whenever you see him, like he generally just loves to surf. <laughs> and oh, uh, he just generally
2: seems happy to be. Alive, he generally seems
3: he? like such a happy chap, and um, he's surfing. And it's just, oh, it's just like he's still one of the best to watch. Um. Whenever you see a clip of him, or I didn't watch that Sab in the Dark because I'm not—I didn't pay to be like premium, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was like maybe I should because is in it. And uh, I'll him. give you my login details.
1: <laughs> <then>. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we're hoping Chip is going to get a, uh, a wild card, but I think they announced recently they're giving the wild card to uh, oh, not Griffin, who's Griffin Kohler's brother, Crosby Kohler. Yeah, so seriously. Hope, yeah, well, I guess from the his WA before- ones. No, the Newcastle, oh, I think. that's okay. Yeah, so hopefully Chip will get a wild card for, uh, you know, for Rotto and Margs. Because and, he
2: uh, just got second in evoca, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it's just a matter of time for Jacob, I guess. He was um, just missed out, you know, um, you know, making the CT. I think, uh, I think that heat where, I think the heat with Kelly actually Kelly. might have got him when he uh, did one turn on a <laughs> Eva eight-footer on a five-foot seven and Kelly, got, got the score. But, um. No, it's exciting. I mean, we there's such a such a big um, talent of of, of West Australian surfers. So yeah, we're really proud to uh, get to meet and speak and uh, and talk to some of the uh, the best West Aussie surfers. So um, I think we're probably uh, just about to probably wrap no, this. No, uh, no, not no, quite. Not quite.
2: I'll, yeah, I, I th- I'd love to hear if that's okay, Bronte. You've got a few more minutes. Um, just your your. We we talked about this down at the classic. I think just um your take on the juniors that are coming up, who are some of the juniors? You don't have to name them or whatever, but it seems to be a pretty strong junior scene in WA at the moment.
3: Yeah, there is. That was actually one of the benefits of uh, being at home last year and having the year off. I, g- I feel like I got to see like a lot of the juniors coming through. Um, and for me, I think Jed gradison he's, he's a Gracetown lad, but uh, I think he's really impressive. Um, and then there's obviously – so. I don't want to name – you know a few because I feel like i miss out on some <laughs> but um yeah with the girls I surfed a lot with our uh, Willow and Olive Hardy up north and down yes. here and um they're really impressive and uh just cool family and uh I think Ruby Berry's also you know she's surfing great um another girl Kalisha I don't want to name them because I'll, I'll miss out but um yeah I'm just so impressed like I guess growing up uh, I feel like there wasn't that many girls and now there's like under 12, yes. under 12 division in the climate board riders. So uh, the future's looking really, really bright for sure.
2: Amazing. Um, we, will, we will wrap it up shortly. But one of, the thing, one of the segments we have on Barrel Surf Podcast is um, the Steve Irwin salute. And so we, we nominate um, a person or a company or whoever who we think has um, done a really good job or just done something outstanding or whatever it might be. Um, have you got anyone you want to give a shout out to? I have to think about that for a second. Probably should have warned you before we started <laughs> recording.
3: How about, oh, okay, yeah.
1: Do you want me to give you? I can, I can give one. While I give? Go on, T Bone. What have you got? Well, I think we said it last at uh, our last um, podcast, but I'm going to have to give it again to Pauline Mensah. Oh, yeah. I think after listening to her story, she would make Steve Irwin absolutely proud. I mean, she <laughs> what she battled through during her just growing up as a as a young female surfer and i think it's bondi she grew up and mm. obviously just grinded away and collected cans to make money to, sold jeans sold jeans cake raffles no sponsors world champion she would you know for people listening who haven't heard of pauline Mensa, who are probably a lot younger um go look her up go watch that movie girls can't surf and um She's a Steve Irwin salute for sure.
3: I think I've actually got one now. Okay. fight you some time. Justine DuPont. <laughs>
2: ah. Yeah,
3: she. Uh, you would have seen her wave at Jaws, but um, backdooring a section like that at Jaws is mind-blowing. I don't think – I think that's the best wave ever ridden by a female and it might be the best I've ever ridden by a female. I think that was uh, pretty next level and she's absolutely mad.
2: All right, so Justine DuPont gets the Steve Irvin salute for the second time. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, there you go. What a legend.
2: Yeah. Um, are we going to do a Clive Palmer, Chris, quickly? Um, yeah, let's do a Clive Palmer. We we do we do the opposite for the Clive Palmer Cup. Oh, yeah, so, what have you got? I see the biggest dickhead in surfing.
3: <laughs> I don't know if you've got like a sticker. There. Have you guys seen the F-off Clive stickers? <laughs> I've seen those around a bit. Um, who, get... what was it, the...
1: Who's really giving you the shits uh, <laughs> in surfing or even non-surfing? I mean, Nama gets pissed off at people with a
2: dog shit on the beach, but... Um, Tyron, Tyron nominated single-use plastics last time. Oh so it yeah. can't be anything. Have you got one, t Uh I can't
1: think of one right now. <laughs> um, Put
2: yourself on the spot.
3: Yeah, I think I have one. Uh, it's not like a general personal thing, but like one of my pet hates is when you're at the beach and someone's like, oh, can I use some of your wax? And I'm like, oh, all right. So, you give them the block and their board's all sandy and then just they give it back to you and it's all sandy. And, oh, and you hear them do it. And, oh, no. That's when <laughs> I put hates. I don't know. That's not very specific. But that's fair That's enough. absolutely yeah. yeah.
2: That's Clive Palmer Cup nomination there. E- wax oh, etiquette. Definitely. Wax <laughs> etiquette. Everyone can relate to that. We're all servers. We all use wax. Just don't be an idiot with your wax, especially if you're borrowing it from you've someone. You've got
3: to almost cut a little bit off and give it <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah. See, my dad do that a few times, actually.
2: Surely you've just got a box of sex wax from Creatures in your boot. Just here you go, mate. Yeah, go have away. The,
3: have the block.
1: <laughs> so, um I do have oh, it's not really a Clive Palmer, but I I might give it to Ripcurl. Um not giving Ooh. Jacob a wild card. Well not yet anyway, but
2: you better sort that out, Ripcurl. Half,
1: half a Clive Palmer.
2: <laughs> half a Clive Palmer. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I've had a pretty good weight this week, so I haven't got I haven't got one. But um yeah, I guess uh yeah. We'll uh we'll give it to the wax etiquette this week, the Clive Palmer Cup. Well done, Congratulations. Yeah. It too. Um T Bone, you're wrapping up. You can wrap it up now, mate.
1: Um, just before we go, I did wanted to ask because uh, Adzi obviously met Adzi, and he sort of thinks that uh, your dad is the eternal grommet. I just wanted to know who is the, the biggest grommet in the family? Like, who's the biggest froffer?
3: <laughs> I think he's got it right, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Especially the waves are good. Like, he can surf all day. Like, I think at Toomey's one time, he had like a nine hour session or eight hours, something wow. ridiculous straight. Um, so yeah, the waves are good. Uh, I feel like it's hard to surpass him.
1: <laughs> does he take waves off you, or does he <laughs> drop in on you, or what's the go
3: there? <laughs> Definitely not. He better not. <laughs> uh, nah, it's he uh, doesn't do either, which is nice because um, that that would suck. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's on the film, but on the on the beach filming, mate. So can't can't take
1: waves. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Well, thanks so much for inviting us down to Quarima. We're stoked to finally have you. Well, second time on the podcast, but um, we wish you all the best for the events over east and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you back in WA and, uh, hope you dominate all those events who have our support.
3: Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks, Bronte. It's been Bronte, Bronte McCauley on Barrel Surf Podcast. We know you're going to smash it over on the East Coast and uh, get into that top five at the year's end. Namu here with T-Bone. We're missing Adzi today. He's doing a bit of knee rehab up the coast a bit. <laughs> He's got his little ice baths going and all, all the rest of it. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.